1: tighter skin guarantee with this seven-day routine tighter skin or your money back get a 15 percent discount code by using the discount code game that's fiber skincare it's the game of roses welcome to the game of
0: roses this
1: is the game of roses My intentions are very
2: clear about why I am here. And tonight, a bomb was dropped on me about multiple people still here for the wrong reason. And I don't know how clear I can be about my intentions and my time. But if you are not here for me, if you are not here for an engagement, then get the out. I don't know who is here for the wrong reasons, but from what I've been told, there are multiple people I should be looking out for. For some of you, this might be a platform, but I'm not here to waste my time. Does anyone want to say anything?
1: No? Welcome to Game of Roses. This is Pace Case.
0: This is Bachelor Clues. And tonight... Wowee! <laughs> okay. <laughs> tonight, we witnessed... Did
1: I get it in before the intro? <laughs>
0: you really did. That was a wowee. And tonight was a big wowee. It was the first game of the regular season. We got our first group dates. We got our first one-on-one. We got some tattles. And we got our first cocktail party. And we also got our first real rose ceremony. Just kidding. No, we fucking didn't. Because the producers do this <laughs> shit all the fucking time. Just give us the fucking rose ceremony. Why do this?
1: I mean, I guess they just do it every season now. But the only thing I can think of is it's to keep K Smitty one more week. Carl. I guess. But <laughs> He like, gave himself that nickname tonight. <laughs>
0: They they also called him like Swizz or something at one point, or he called himself that. But they can keep him for as long as they want, whenever they want. They don't need to generate this this fake thing of like, oh shit, is he going to stay or not? The producers have already made that choice. They can keep him or not as they see fit. But other than that, other than the presentation of the <laughs> game being marred, being dissected Fucking by us. the producers. Yeah, exactly. Other than that, I really enjoyed Once tonight's again. game.
1: Oh, I loved it. There was so much juicy, juicy content. I mean, both group dates were fucking fantastic. The one-on-one date was fantastic. I mean, we just saw so many beautiful staples. That It's just like nice to see. It feels like home, you know? We got an I Love Cleveland right at the top. (laughs) This place is sick.
0: There was a lot of high-level play. There was some very low-level play. And there was play coming from our lead, or at least our lead was doing the Bachelorette thing at a level I've never seen before. Oh my God. This shit is fucking incredible what we are watching Katie Thurston do.
1: We got two PTCs from her tonight. Claire Crawley level.
0: Two PTCs, tears, basically every time she opened her mouth, we got the 4TWR ultimatum. We're going to get into all of this. But yeah. also, before we do, a quick note. We'll be covering more of this on uh-huh. Thursday, of course. But the Dyke twins are among us. We are living in their world now. They draw breath. They have a yes. video on YouTube. They have some pictures on Instagram. Oh my God. Please go check them out because we are in a new parasocial fetus era.
1: Have they cracked 300K? Oh, they're at 299 now. That first post is going to do it. I mean, they'll be at, they'll be in the three hundred K club tomorrow. Poor Alessi.
0: Alessi still holds strong at three hundred and fifty. We'll see what these Lion Dyke twins can do, and then we're going to have to see what they can do once they get split apart and they have their own separate Instagram accounts. I don't know when that's going to happen, but at some point in their lives,
1: we'll keep you all posted on the, whenever the divergence is. <laughs> Twelve years from now, when we're still covering the Lion Dyke twins. <laughs> I know you're all on the edge of your seats. <laughs>
0: okay with all that said let's get into this and give everyone what they came here for and now paste case and bachelor clues proudly present analysis of play in this week of our beloved game this is game of roses
1: we start the sun is shining over the tamaya resort a bird in a tree flies off. Not my creature of the week. Katie's walking. She says, I'm excited for this week to start. It's a challenge to let go and trust this journey. She's sitting on the ground pondering. And we see the guys move into Tamiya. Someone does not I love Cleveland to the Tamiya Hyatt. I don't know who it was, but they said, this place is thick.
0: They're all kind of doing, and I love Cleveland too. They're all like in a big pack. Like, yeah. oh shit, dude, look at this place. It's like, yeah, I mean, I guess it's a nice resort, but it's out in the middle of the New Mexican desert. It's not like they're going to Paris or something. I, I, I also per saw this moment was clues. just like, shut your mouth. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I was like, whatever. The producers definitely have told them like, get excited. This is awesome. Go in there and really live it up. And they don't
1: disappoint. Meanwhile. Katie is having yet another Council of Crowns with the Ultimate Girl Gang. Caitlin's like, You were happy with the majority of the men. And Katie's like, I have so many options right now. Meanwhile, at Tamaya, the players are discussing Katie. Justin says she's cool. Boxman says, I can't believe Katie said her husband is most likely in this room. Just like every other crown throughout time all of history he says i came out of the box but i'm completely done being box guy all i can do is stay in my lane and focus on katie
0: and i thought that was an interesting moment when he says i'm going to stay in my lane because we see echoes Uh through time of certain language used by prior players that will come back season after season we even saw it with katie thurston saying she needs a grown-ass man in last week's episode to taisha who had the grown-ass man challenge literally in her season of bachelorette and here now we see it with the box man jason saying he's going to stay in his lane this harkens james James, sorry
1: (laughs) good job uh shedding that box man James, (laughs) jason or whatever the man in the box it's with a j
0: james um He's here saying that he's going to stay in his lane. And this harkens back to, of course, the infamous conversation that Luke P had with all the other players during Hannah Brown's season 15 of Bachelorette, where he's pointing at everybody saying, you stay in your lane, you stay in your lane, you stay in your lane, you keep doing what you're doing, you stay in your lane, you stay in your lane. (laughs) I love that. (laughs) That was one of my favorite moments of any season. no one's asking you to talk about what you talked about, we're just saying you're not staying in your lane.
1: Stay in your lane. You, 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 you. Keep doing you. Keep popping your chest up, bro.
0: Puffing my chest? Yeah. You stay in your lane. Stay in your lane. Stay in your lane. Stay in your lane. You try to be a big dog again. It's just... I'm not
1: trying to be a big dog. Canadian Brendan repeats one of Katie's lines. She's the best version of herself, which makes it easier for us. I, they keep repeating this line. I don't understand what this means. I'm the best version of myself. Like,
0: I think it means like it's a timing thing. Like She's ready first. now, you know? She's got all of her shit together at this mm. moment. Best version of herself, ready to find her person. And then uh, this segment ends with the Council of Crowns, Tasha and Caitlin, basically serving now the functional purpose of the host. This is something Dark Lord would do. They tell her that she's going to have two group dates and a one-on-one. It's the setup of what the game is going to be and then back at the house the date card arrives and carl literally says this is the hunger games bro this is a competition he says he's ready to fight to the death and then he goes into (laughs) a strange version of john f kennedy's 1961 inauguration speech ask not what your country can do for you, but what you can do for your country, but he puts this weird like three hundred gladiator tone on it and says, "Ask not what mm-hmm. your bachelorette can do for you, but what you you could do for your bachelorette and it's like i don't I'm not sure if he knows where that speech is from. It seems like he thinks it's from a movie
1: no. like in a movie it about seems killing like he people. thinks it's from three hundred <laughs> yeah it definitely i was like <laughs> it's the three hundred tone, but it's about the j f k speech. And then he says it's game time right now. And I'm just like, Carl, I know you had very high hopes for him, but he is just throwing shit against the wall. He's like, here's some references. I don't know. Like in
0: this moment, I still had high hopes for him when he was saying all this (laughs) shit. I was like, oh, this motherfucker (laughs) is going to be amazing. I can't wait to see whatever he's about to do. And then obviously what happened happened. But still in this moment, I was like, he's openly talking about gameplay he literally calls it the fucking hunger games it says it's a competition i was there for that (laughs) and then carl just fucking shits the bed later on we will get to that but i thought this was an interesting moment justin
1: responds to this and starts a little colorful narration run and says let's get this guy some xanax or a muzzle let's do it asap
0: (laughs) (laughs) and then we read out the group date card we have 10 players on this group date. It's going to be Christian, Garrett, Trey, Courtney, Mike P., James, Justin, Thomas, Connor B., and Carl, of course. Carl says it's go time. And the date card reads, I'm looking for a great love. Love, Katie. The guys at this point, we cut outside, and all the guys are walking toward Katie in this big group. Thomas and Carl literally sprint to her. They are in a foot race, broken ahead of the pack to see who can get to her first. Thomas wins this race and pulls her up into what is essentially a forced huju. This is a high, high degree of difficulty for the male player. It is, however, a low-level huju. I don't know if Katie was not enthusiastic about the huju, if she just wasn't ready for it, but she gets no ankle lock. Obviously there was no approach. The cling is obligatory at best, and we don't even get to see the dismount. But points here, at least in my mind, to Thomas for pulling off a Force 2 Jew. I don't know that I've seen this before.
1: The race to get to the Bachelorette first is becoming a thing. I feel like we saw it a little bit with Kit Keenan and Katie on Matt James' season, and now it's becoming like lore essentially Carl has lost this race and he references it later in the episode like this was a huge like leg he missed out on it made me think that both Thomas and and Kay Smitty are in the pit but
0: if Kay Smitty is in the pit I am embarrassed (laughs) by what he is doing if we have anything to do with his play at this point we might have to quit the podcast because
1: Oh my God! It we was can't disgraceful. Call professionals.
0: What he did was—it was an <laughs> affront to the game and to everything that I stand for.
1: We get some ITMs. Load and shit up. Virgin Mike. I'm sure I'll find something I'm intimidated about, but I haven't really come across it yet. Cue the sex positivity themed group date the date that is specifically designed to torture Virgin Mike.
0: It's unbelievable. Like, anytime you go into this game, future players, don't tell them things that will fluster you. Don't tell them things you're uncomfortable with. That's going to be the the central theme of a fucking group date or a one-on-one. They're going to get you every fucking time with that. And, yeah, here it happens.
1: Katie brings them inside a building. There's a bunch of couches. Spotlights appear on various sex toy props in a dark room. There's a heart made of roses. I was like, is this calling back Justin's Kringle? There's lingerie, handcuffs. Virgin Mike is freaked out by all of this. He ITMs, all of his ITMs, he looks on the verge of tears during this group date. He says, I have no idea what we're doing, but it's a dark room with sex stuff. And at the end of the... Spotlights around the room, we see MJ the vibrator, which has been black boxed except for the bottom control panel. Then the stage lights up fully. There's a bed, and a lady in a pink jacket emerges. It's Heather McDonald. Who is my Jorge 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 Moreno? Bystander of the wee 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 week she says today is about lots and lots of love, and Katie introduces her and says, "'I brought my friend, who is also a mother, a wife, a writer, a comedian, but most importantly, the host of the juicy scoop podcast, Heather McDonald, as a podcaster. I loved that it is more important to be a podcaster than a wife or mother or comedian, etc. Is this the first I time we've seen
0: hard. a podcaster be a guest person on one of these dates? Ooh. I saw this and I was just like, "Oh fuck. We got a shot. We might be guest hosting a group <laughs> date one day." <laughs> hey, I know that seems crazy. We should
1: both wear matching pink jackets like like Heather McDonald, noted podcaster.
0: (laughs) Yeah, we should definitely be wearing some kind of matching whatever. But I'm telling you now, (laughs) it sounds crazy. I'm speaking it into the pit. We are going to host a group date.
1: Well, we've definitely had podcasters before. For instance, Bristow and... Adams are both podcasts. Okay. And they I, but they're bachelorettes, too. <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm all about the facts, baby.
0: <laughs> I think you and I could host a group date where they have to uh-huh. maybe it's even talking about gameplay, where it's like a sports breakdown of how they've been playing. Ooh. We kind of do what we do. It could be a thing where we do a podcast and we interview them, kind of like they did that one where they had to go to iHeartRadio and do a live radio show. Remember that?
1: Oh, I was picturing more of, like, we play the role of the, like, family friends that they used to bring in back in the dark seasons who, like, (laughs) interview all of them and, like, live with them in the house.
0: (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) I'm down to do that, too. I'm just saying, this gave me hope. I was like, holy shit, there's just, like, some podcast person on here? We
1: got a shot! I mean, she's very infamous, according to Garrett. She's a well-known comedian one specific area and i believe that's sex garrett's colorful narration is terrible by the way
0: (laughs) so then she opens up the first part of this group date saying she's gonna help katie find the best lover and this is a kind of a version of an obstacle course style date where she's gonna ask them trivia questions that are kind of are you smarter than a fifth grader style we've seen this in a bunch of other group dates in the past And the first question she asks is, what's the woman's largest sex organ? And all the guys have to write their answers on little whiteboards and reveal them. James says vagina. Mike P says vagina. Justin says tongue. Courtney has something on his uh, whiteboard that says the blank, especially if she's on steroids what yeah i paused it and and looked at it and i was like i don't really know what that means connor then has her brain correct answer good job connor
1: well i personally thought that it was skin and healthline says skin is your biggest organ but maybe they don't consider it a sexual organ i don't know why it would be less sexual than the brain i thought it was Um, skin as well by the way, this article also says that interstitium might be the largest organ, which is a contiguous, fluid-filled space existing between a structural barrier, such as a cell wall, or the skin and internal structures, such as organs, including muscles and the circulatory system. And they and just found that lot.
0: shit, uh, the, like within the past yeah, two that years. Yeah, from 2018. Yeah. Yeah. past three years
1: noted podcaster Heather McDonald then asked them how many erogenous zones does a female body have? Box James says what does erogenous mean?
0: Is that real? That's an act, right?
1: I don't know. I don't know. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Poor Box James.
1: <laughs> Was definitely wasn't necessary to to say that. Uh or asks what article of clothing increases your chance of having an orgasm artist justin says matching set equals confidence i thought that was an interesting one Trace says a bra courtney got the right answer which is socks then she asks what is the most effective sex tool for women garrett says the right lube Virgin Mike says stimulating her mind and communication. Then we get noted podcaster Heather says what is your go-to sex position? Justin says missionary. Carl says erogenous doggy and he has a little drawing of a dog's face next to it. <laughs> what play style would you say is this clues? <laughs> your your boy. <laughs>
0: I mean, it's like imbecile style. I don't even know what style it is.
1: It's just everything
0: wrong all the time. Nothing is working with what Carl's play style is doing. And I had such high hopes for him because he's a motivational speaker. I thought he would know with a a decent Instagram following. He had 40,000 Instagram followers coming into this. So he's doing something right in his motivational speaking career. I thought that would translate pretty well into being able to deal with the other players and have some sense of how to move through the game. This man is clueless. Top to bottom fucking clueless.
1: We thought he would be a master manipulator, but there are way better manipulators in this game. As we shall see. There's my general tattle. (laughs) Uh, Favorite sex, go-to sex position? Virgin Mike keeps putting question marks. Last time you had sex... Artist Justin puts, my memory is bad. I've lost track of time. Kit Keenan style.
0: Yes. And then Mike P has another question mark for this. And we see here that the producers are really hanging him out to dry. They have purposely put him in the game as a virgin just so that they could build a date all around, making him uncomfortable about talking about his sexual history or lack thereof.
1: Yes. Yes. He says, I just put question marks. I want her to hear his personal virginity card from his lips first. And I kind of feel bad for the guy at this point. I'm like, I think he was hoping for a deep run like Maddie Prue, you know, reveal the virginity during fantasy suites. But no, he this is forcing the PVC out early.
0: It's terrible. I felt so fucking bad for him. He's literally brought to yeah. tears as the guys come into this room. They now are told they have to give presentations to show Katie what makes them the greatest lover. Mike P starts fucking melting down. He's like, I didn't think I would be put in this situation this quickly. And again, it's like Sleucity and Protocol a little bit here. I do feel bad for the guy, but like not that bad. You knew what you were <laughs> signing up for, dude. This is what they're gonna do. They're gonna try to get you to cry and have a nervous breakdown. And that's exactly what starts to happen. So they go into this room with all the props. And Mike P is in tears. He's afraid that Katie won't understand where he's coming from, especially in this weird context. And he's forced to do this thing that basically is designed to make fun of his life choices.
1: He says in his ITM, the most devastating thing that can happen out of this is if Katie didn't hear my heart and didn't understand where I was coming from. This language was very Maddie proof. saying my heart. I feel like that's like PVC language.
0: Well, she really did elevate the Christian strategy, the way that she not only used her PVC, but her Christianity in her game to kind of say, these are my morals. Mm -hmm. I'll never go back on them. These are my standards. You do what you want. But like, this is how I choose to live my life. He is definitely uh, reflecting a little bit of that here as well.
1: They do zoom ins on his crucifix necklace as he's ITMing. I'm nervous. If Katie can't accept that I'm a virgin, I'll end up going home. We see the guys practicing, Connor B is singing, and we see that the audience is going to be Ultimate Girl Gang and all the guys not on the group date. And Carl introduces his new nickname, K Smitty. I want to be memorable. I want that trophy. Katie deserves to be with K Smitty. Catman is first, performs with guitar, a guitarist song. My feet may not be perfect, but I know my own self-worth, and the length of my affection is less important than the girth. Katie, oh my God, your smile sets off wedding bells. I love to see you wear it with little to nothing else. The greatest lover here. Well, let's not let the question linger. Remember, I play piano. I'm amazing with my fingers. Katie gives her first standing O.
0: I thought this was great. Pretty good little song. Sweet, funny, has the sexual element that we're mm-hmm. looking for in this group date. And she even is ITMing how much she liked it. Connor is a good fucking player. He's got a lot of different skills yes. and he's using them at the correct times with the correct inflections. I, I'm i very impressed with him. I mean, I had him in my top four, but like seeing him play, I'm like, this guy's got it. He can hang in this game for sure.
1: He's definitely pulling out all the stops they're not really successful in getting these zero point roses so far but i think we're gonna see him shine later i agree and christian does a voluntary nudity play talks about cleaning the house emptying the the litter box nice little cat ref um but he rips off his pants Katie covers Tasha's eyes. She's doing some physical comedy with the other judges.
0: And then we get a quick series of Trey doing a weird puppet show about safe words as what it seems like the puppets are having sex on the bed. Uh, Courtney has a carrot and says he knows what the carrot feels like. Justin is massaging her feet. Thomas says he's getting rid of the dildo. And James comes out with his dick still AKA in the Thomas box.
1: is clearly bad at sex. <laughs> 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 You're not gonna need this anymore. Okay, yeah. Uh <laughs> yeah, Box James doesn't voluntary nudity play. He comes out nude except for his dick in a box. That's not how you get rid of your box man moniker, I'm sorry.
0: No, he's hitting Jason. the box identity way too hard. <laughs> and then of course we have Carl. Oh he gosh. I don't know where to even begin with this. <laughs> it was it would have been my error of the game had something else not happened later. This man yeah. begins this performance with a cardboard standee of Katie. So that's some prop that they had there, obviously. He didn't bring that with him. The producers have it. Some player is going to get to use it. And he tries to get the crowd pumped up, almost like he's at one of these motivational speaking things. All right, five mm-hmm. things you need to know. And then he starts rubbing a fucking banana on the cardboard standee. It's immediately repulsive. Yeah. Immediately. I a picture of this. It's immediately <laughs> off-putting to anyone. And he starts to say things like he that Katie needs 17 hours of nonstop fucking action. We see her reaction to this, which is not great. He mispronounces suffocate as suffocate. The other guys all make fun of him for it. They're not liking him. His second audience game is deteriorating. His first audience game is deteriorating. And his third audience game, unbeknownst to him, is also deteriorating because what he's doing does not set him up as a clear or good villain. It doesn't set him up really as anything they can use, not even a fool. He's just meandering in this kind of weird gray area of like a like creepy and kind of gross, dumb, too brash. It just all pieces of this were horrible mistakes.
1: I don't it was like the man had never been on stage. And he, on his Instagram, he appears to be on stage all the time. All the other guys start heckling him. Uh, Justin says, my impression of Carl Night 1 was, wow, this guy can talk. And I can assure you that impression has not changed. And then Carl brings up his missed Hooju opportunity earlier in the day. I'm sorry, Thomas, you beat me in that race. But you don't want this 10-foot giant... Big enough to suffocate you whenever you guys enter that time. Like, what? What is this rambling nonsense? Courtney says, shot clock violation.
0: Oh, God. (laughs) That was beautiful. (laughs) It's Carl understands this is a game. He just has literally no idea how to play it. It's like showing up to a football game with a baseball glove. This ain't the sport for you, dude. You got to find something else because this one ain't it.
1: Catman starts clapping him off. Great job. See you later. (laughs) And it's a slow walk off for Carl.
0: And then it's Mike P's turn. He takes her up on stage with him. He opens a little journal. They sit on the bed and he reads to her something that he's written about what his future wife would be like. It's sweet and sincere. He says the best way to honor his future wife is by saving himself for her. And he says he'd wait another 31 years to have sex. If that's what it took to prove to this future wife that he cares, and that's why he'd be the best lover. Katie produces tears, which she can do at will. It is one of her powers. She's the best (laughs) crying bachelorette I think we've probably ever seen, at least in terms of like she can turn it on and off immediately. And the trophy is, is brought out after this incredible thing that Mike did where he took a whole date that is about sexuality. Show her you're a good lover, all this kind of stuff. This man plays his PVC for her. During his presentation, he is awarded the trophy. He wins this group date. Not the group date rose, but he wins the group date. I was blown away by this insanely strong PVC play. I don't know that we've seen a stronger play, arguably Madison Pruitt, because it was a later game play. What? and I had a, proof. But like, for it to be this early, it was forced out of him, and it was like, "You know, fuck you producers. I'll play it and I'll win. It was fantastic.
1: I mean, I personally took it more as producers set it up this way to be like, look, it's okay. We tortured this man. He gets the GDW." Like,
0: no, but if some dude would have pulled her up on stage shirtless and like had some kind of a hot steamy interaction with her, that guy would have won. I think. You <laughs> Is know. that
1: what you would have done? <laughs>
0: No, I don't know. That's a very hard date to like I feel like in those dates, you don't want to stand out because it's you're walking a razor's edge where you can start dipping into Carl territory. It can get gross real quick. So I think you want to keep it like what Connor B did is something where what I think I would do. I would try to keep it cute and funny Mm -hmm. and cute song. Get off the fucking stage as quickly as possible. No harm, no foul. And then I got the after party to work on the group date rose, which is the real prize anyway. Which Carl says immediately after this in a fucking (laughs) ITM. He's like, the the group date trophy is only half the battle. He's still getting his head right to get back in the game and get that GDR. And then portion number three opens as night falls on the Tamaya Resort. And all the players from this group date are now at the after party.
1: Catman gets the first one on one time. And he, we were predicting this, like, is he going to still lean into the cat thing for his one-on-one time? And yes, he does. He says, first and foremost, first and most important question, are you still into me without the whiskers? She's like, I was looking for Connor the cat. He says, no take backsies. He's
0: he's got a little, he's got some, um, there's some refinement his game could use. He uses a little bit of strange (laughs) phrasing. He doesn't, he shouldn't be hitting that cat thing. He's got a little bit of a, uh, I don't know exactly how to describe it, but his play style is lacking a little bit. And I think it could hurt him in later uh, portions of the game. We'll see. I'm I'm thoroughly impressed. Don't get me wrong. I just see him and I'm like, he could be one of the greats, but I don't think he's going to be. I think Mm -hmm. he's just going to be one of the best this season.
1: Wow. Well, he says, she says she loved his performance. Connor, the musician, and he says, it's where I'm comfortable. It's what I know. It lets me breathe out. And he says, it's like that same feeling with you. Great transition. The second I get to talk to you, it all just fades away. I'm not worried. Am I good enough to be here? See, that's the type of line I would not have included. And Katie says, oh, you're here because you're meant to be here. You were truthfully the first guy I remembered. And the cat says, first, thank you. I'm riding high right now. I think we should redo our first kiss. I was so nervous. I'm touching her head with a cat paw Come here. I thought this was an awkward kiss lead in line. Like, should have come up with a more natural. Yes.
0: He has some awkwardness to his game that needs to be removed. There's a difference between shy style and lack of confidence. And I think Connor B's awkwardness conveys a lack of confidence that will ultimately be his downfall. What we're talking about with Grippo, though, we'll get to that in a minute. But that's shy style there's not a fucking ounce of confidence missing in shy style it's just a way of playing
1: mm-hmm.
0: but Connerby is doing well I, I think he's still gonna make it far i still think he might go to the top four but mm-hmm. he there's just that missing confidence in his game he's like relying on gimmicks a little too hard i think but anyway yeah Back at the house, we hear a loud knock, and another date card has been delivered. This time, it's a one-on-one that reads, let our love run wild. This is for the shy style master, Greg Grippo. I just want to mention a little thing about shy style. I've got a bunch of DMs from people. Is Mm -hmm. shy style the same as PVC? Is it the same as Good Girl Strategy? No. Shy style is, and we'll get to it later, he, he, he does a bunch of shy style stuff this episode, this game. But if you think of like mm-hmm. Madison Pruitt, for example, played good girl good and girl. PVC, was not shy style ever. She was aggressive and dominant constantly. Shy style is about lack of aggression, but maximum amount of confidence. So you're playing an aggressive game, but it doesn't seem like it. You're hiding it. Madison Pruitt never fucking hit it. She fucking schooled PP pee pee in a one-on-one basketball game. It don't get less shy style than that. That's like super aggressive style.
1: I think there's some overlap. I think there's walls that are mm, sure. played by both Maddie Pruitt and Grippo. There's a 4TRR in the like awkwardness of it, but... Grippo is not lacking in confidence. That's for damn sure. You can definitely tell like he ca- he plays it off well getting this card. He says, "I was not expecting that." It validates what I'm feeling. Not going to lie, I'm really excited. And Andrew Milkovich, a man from my top 4, then plays Time Cop here, says, "Time is money and the rich just got richer." Nailed it on the head, Andrew Milkovich. <laughs> Hey, he still could be, he still could slide into the final four. He's not getting highlighted at all, but. They gave him that (laughs) line. That was a good line, I thought. Yeah.
0: Then we're back at the after party and the group date Rose, AKA the GDR sits on the table and all the players are anxious about it. Carl is focused on it. Gotta get that Rose, he says. Mike P gets his one-on-one time. They laugh and joke about his PVC. Trey gets some one-on-one time. They talk about the puppet show. Carl then gets his one-on-one time. he asks her about her day. They hold hands extremely awkwardly. He says he knows a good thing when he sees it. And he asks her when she was last in a relationship before the show, two years ago, he says the same thing for him. He doesn't want to get into his last relationship though. And then he pulls out some fuzzy handcuffs and he's like, we got to make good on that promise. And this was one of the props from his best lover performance. And then Thomas comes in and straight steals from Carl. Carl doesn't even put up a fight. He puts up no defense, no attempt to block this steal. He's just like, well, got to go. I couldn't believe what I was watching. For a guy who is so into the game of this shit, he's just going to let another player be like, my turn now? I I really am so disappointed in Carl. I had such high hopes.
1: I mean, he had to give it to him. Thomas is now the alpha forever after winning that race.
0: I think it got to Carl. I truly do. I think you're right.
1: <laughs> uh, Thomas does a little how you do it. By the way, I think we're going to see a little preview that Thomas might be a master manipulator and his shit. Oh, my God. Katie says you've been on. He's like, how you doing? Laza, how you doing? Katie, you've been on my mind a lot. It's a connection you can't explain. Thomas says, I can't tell you how happy that makes me feel. The way you carry yourself, characteristics you have, the strength that comes across so naturally. That's what I'm looking for in a partner. I know it's gonna take a lot of work and energy, but you know when you feel something, can't fully explain it, it's magic. Love level one. Gets a kiss.
0: Not only a kiss, he pulls her onto his lap and he gets a little upper thigh squeeze. This is A level up from just a kiss. He is engaging the chemistry game at a level no one really has yet. And I agree with you, Master Manipulator. This motherfucker doesn't say anything in this. You know what? Mm -mm. I like the characteristics you have. What the fuck? What does that mean? What characteristics? What are you talking about? I just like the way you carry yourself. How do I carry myself? What do you mean? He's saying nothing. It's just these yeah. general vagaries that sound decent. It's pretty fascinating to watch. Now, again, we, we have to keep in yeah. mind, whoever's getting these roses, Katie's not making any of these choices. This is all producers. Everything we're watching is how the producers want us to see it. Nonetheless, you still have to have these believable plays. You still have to get these moments for the producers to be able to believably keep you in the game. And so here with this kiss, Thomas does just that.
1: I think he got the group date rose so that the producers could piss off Case Mitty. Carl.
0: It seems like that's all they're doing at this point. They're trying to get him to explode. (laughs) I agree. Yeah. But yeah, Thomas gets this group date rose after Katie comes back and gives Connor a mention, gives Thomas a mention, gives Mike a mention for sharing his PPC, and then Thomas actually gets the rose, the producer choice. And Carl then ITMs about how he's getting mad About not winning the group date As though he had a fucking chance. Like, does this man really think (laughs) he's got a fucking chance at all?
1: Yeah, he said above. He said, our energy is fire. She's eating it up. He does think there's a chance. Jesus Christ. But he also says, going to have to fix this during the cocktail party. He's already thinking about the next step of this game while he's still on the group date.
0: Well, then portion four begins. We see some mountains. We see some grass. We see a tiny bird in the grass. And then we see Katie driving in a red pickup truck. And we see some turkeys out in the shrubs. Katie says, those are some big ass turkeys. And these big ass turkeys were my... Creature of the week. <laughs> these turkeys were strutting their stuff through the New Mexican <laughs> shrub grasses outside the Tamaya Resort. They might have been the same two turkeys that got my creature of the week last week. I don't know, but I like these damn turkeys. I gotta say, they got we're sass, pizzazz.
1: They, turkeys really do strut their stuff. They kind of have like, I don't know if they have hips, but they seem to be swaying their hips.
0: These turkeys have hips for sure.
1: They certainly are some big ass turkeys. Katie pulls the truck up to the house, honks the horn. The guys all come out to the porch. Canadian Brendan tries to get a moment. You look beautiful. And then she's like, where's my date? Grippo comes out. We're matching. They're wearing matching hoodies and plaid jackets. He has pulled off a Michelle Young here, where he has paid off the stylist to make sure they're wearing matching clothing. I don't know this to be true, but it's my theory. At
0: this point, I don't think they're paying anyone off. I think the producers do this to favorites. Like, there's no question Mm. about it. They have exactly matching outfits. It's insane. Um, Right before this, though, James almost dies as he's leaning against a railing yeah. when uh, Katie pulls up in the truck, and the railing gives way, and he almost falls to his death, and they kept it in the show.
1: He's breaking one of the porch benches. I went back and looked at this. He also like has like an empty drink right there, so I'm like, is this man oh. wasted in the morning? I don't know. It's a tall glass.
0: Think about if you're in that house, and it's like, today's- grippo's one-on-one you know you're not going anywhere Mm -hmm. why not wake up and just get drunk (laughs) yeah (laughs) but then we get this one-on-one with greg grippo and i mean it's a fucking master class this was about as perfect as you can play a fucking one-on-one they ride in this truck He talks about how he loves the outdoors and grew up fishing, and they arrive at this location in the New Mexico desert where there's a little lake and a river. She pulls out this fishing gear, and that's exactly what they're doing. They're going to go fishing. She loads in an ITM her PTC of her father dying in 2012, so we know that that is going to come up. And she basically says this entire event is a reminder of her dad because she used to go fishing with him.
1: Did you notice, by the way, that there was a pink, pink film over the back truck of the pickup truck window? I did. Why? I'm not sure. What is that for?
0: I have no idea, literally. Anyway. It might have been part of a date, some piece of the date that we just didn't see. I have no idea what it was for, but it seemed very purposeful.
1: Oh, my God. Well, now I'm thinking back to later in the date when they're in the pickup truck, and I'm like, you could see the fireworks reflected in it. Maybe that was on purpose. Could have been. I don't know. Regardless, they after Katie loads her PTC... They stumble upon the spine of an animal and Katie says, that's my ex-boyfriend. I laughed. (laughs) It was almost my creature of the week.
0: And then they have to set up a tent and Greg tries to do it, but he just can't. And this is that shy style shining through. I don't know. I can't set up the tent. (sighs) I'm sorry. (laughs) I bet this motherfucker could set up a tent in his sleep. This is all for show and it's working. (gasps) What? Yes.
1: Shy style's not the tent tapes. TikTok.
0: <laughs> Didn't this motherfucker say that he went fishing with his dad all the time? Somewhere in here, there's a lie. It's either that he does know how to set up a tent or he's never been fishing. One of those has to fucking be true. How how do you not know do how to set up a tent?
1: To camp to fish. I feel like he did like glamping fishing.
0: Oh, I don't know. I don't do any of that. So I to me, know. it's all. <laughs> If you know how to fish, you can set up a tent and fix a car and all that shit.
1: Yeah, Katie does some little, you know, sex-positive wordplay. Get it in the hole. Guide it. And she says, we would do real camping. No showers, no bathroom. And she explains how her dad used to cut a hole out of a bucket for the toilet. And this also makes me think there's... (laughs) He hasn't been fishing. He tries to use an axe to make a hole in the bucket... He does a little line here, don't watch, that was a good line. And he squats on the toilet. He's game to like mess around
0: while he's on the toilet. She makes specific mention of him getting the fimp and the first one-on-one date. She mm-hmm. understands the structure of the game and the importance of these trophies of these invaluable pieces of time play like the one-on-one date and he gets a kiss as he is sitting on this makeshift shitter. Then they walk with arms around each other near the river. They play some horseshoes. She's comfortable with them. They sit on a piece of wood and she talks about her dad having taught her everything about camping and fishing. And here she plays her PTC to him that her dad died in 2012. And this is kind of like getting to meet her dad without him being there. This experience is a piece of home for her, she says. And Grippo asked her to elaborate on how the PTC shaped her. He understands the game as well. You don't just play a fucking PTC. Then you tell the person how it has made you a better person, how it has opened you up for love and made you ready for the next phase of your life. He's drawing that out of her. It's fucking brilliant.
1: You know who also did a similar play to this? Claire Crawley's hometown date with Juan Pablo. She brought him to the pond where she would feed ducks with her dad. Mm Mm-hmm. It's kind of like a, a ghost early meeting of the family. But Grippo is good at asking these follow-up questions. He's like, how does it shape who you are today? And she says, it reminds me how short life is. It's hard to talk about reliving that heartbreak. Um, I'm going to go fish. And she... Does this ITM that's so for trr The thing about losing a loved one is you never actually get over it. You just get better at hiding it, hiding your emotions. Makes today a little difficult for me. My dad was a big part of my life, and I hoped that he was going to be able to see my life as I grew up and find love and experience life. She pulls tears.
0: And then we cut back, and Grippo fucking LL1s her. He truly does feel something with her, and he wants her to tell him things like this all of her saddest moments. And she says she sees him being there for a while if he wants to be. And he says, (laughs) oh, yes, I see myself being here for a long time as well. Because he knows he's got this shit in the bag if he wants it. They hug. And he basically says,
2: "Uh, I want you to know that I can be that guy for you. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Football is back. And the best bet you can make is downloading the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It doesn't matter if you're new to gambling or an old pro. FanDuel has something for everyone. And as an official sports betting partner of the NFL, you know your bets are safe. There's also never been a better time to use FanDuel. Because right now, you'll get up to $1,000 back if your first bet doesn't win. You can even turn a small wager into a big payday with a same game parlay bet. Just sign up with the promo code SPOTIFY to place your first bet risk-free on FanDuel Sportsbook. Download FanDuel today. 21 plus and present in Virginia. First online real money wager only refund issued as non-withdrawable site credit that expires in 14 days. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER.
1: This episode is brought to you by HP+. In a world full of smart devices, shouldn't your printer be smart too? It is with HP+. These printers know when they're running low, so you always get the ink you need delivered right when you need it. Plus, you save up to 50% on ink, so you can print whatever you want, as much as you want, any time you want. Huh, that is pretty smart. Get six free months of instant ink when you choose HP+. Conditions apply. Visit hp.com smart for details. Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment.
2: Disney Plus, Hulu, ESPN Plus. Stream all your favorites with the Disney Bundle. Disney Plus has Loki and Luca. On Hulu, watch originals like American Horror Story and Nine Perfect Strangers. And ESPN Plus has every match of Spain's thrilling La Liga. Get the Disney Bundle today for only $13.99. Includes Hulu ad-supported plan. Access content from each service separately. Terms apply. See the DisneyBundle.com for details.
0: Portion 5 begins. The sun is setting. We are back at the house. Brendan is doing the rose math about how many guys are left and how many roses there are. Trey describes his nightmare scenario, not getting time with Katie on a date this week, a.k.a. turtling, and the date card arrives for the second group date. We are going to have eight players on it. John, Andrew S., Kyle, Josh, Aaron, Brendan, Hunter, and Cody. The target of Aaron's rivalry, which was begun in last week's night one. We never really knew why that was, but we will get some more information on that as this group date unfolds. And Michael is the only player who did not get a date. This is the package deal. Father, widower, and he ITMs doubt and the difficulty of being away from his package deal. He says eating him alive.
1: He also loads a love level one. I like Katie here. I like Katie a lot. But unfortunately for Michael, he has a bye week. Back at the night portion of Grippo's one-on-one date, Katie says she struggled a bit opening up today. The loss of my dad is a heavy pain regardless of time. I'm trying to balance getting to know you and have a good time while being open about how I'm feeling. It's tough to relive these childhood memories and be happy. And Grippo says, I want to know these sides too. And what makes Katie, Katie? It's okay to be vulnerable with me. I understand how hard it is to open up to someone in that way. He tells her
0: that he knows how much strength it took for her to tell him about her dad. Because, get this, he lost his dad too. Katie tears immediately and this playing. Of a mirror PTC on the night portion of the very first one on one date of the season by Greg Grippo was my. ple let, let, let play of the game. Not only does dad die, he tells us that he had stage four cancer. And he only had a month to live after this diagnosis. And that Grippo's best memory in his life was his dad waking him up at six in the morning to go fishing. We don't know if that's true or not, but he's going to put it as part of this PTC, gives it a little extra flourish, makes it seem more sincere. Mm -hmm. And he says that he wishes he could have told his dad before he died that he would have met somebody like Katie and he cannot look at her. While he's saying this, this is shy style. He's not able to make eye contact with her because the pain of it is too much. He's almost huddled in a corner as he's saying this. It's this idea of like, oh, I'm so hurt by this. And oh, I can't do anything. Meanwhile, it's, it's so confident. It is such a power move to not look her in the eye in this moment because it lets her realize, oh, fuck, this is so hard for him. And the fact that he's opening up and really saying it must be sincere. Or at the very least, that's what it's conveying. I don't know what she's actually feeling because I think she's a student of the game as well. But she produces tears. He produces tears. And, of course, we know in this moment he's going to get the fucking rose.
1: This was almost my play of the game. Not quite. But he held back this parallel PTC, saved it for the night portion, Sarah Trot style on Matt James's season. Like... After Katie is talking all about her father passing away, the whole day portion, to not say, oh yeah, my dad died too, it's almost crazy. But he also included tear play, got tears from Katie. After this, he plays walls, says, see my mom without my dad. Since my dad died, it's been hard to give myself to someone, but I want you to know I'm here for you. I think that's what I'm trying to say. shy style he knows he knows what he's doing Uh, and he and he says I'm sorry after like tearing up and Katie says you're doing fine which was such a like interesting moment to me of like don't worry you're not being too weird on this TV show like supporting him I don't know it was a it was it felt like a true moment of connection
0: I read it as she was telling him, you're like playing the game correctly, which is maybe a <laughs> a slightly more cynical okay, view Carl. of exactly what you said, but um, <laughs> <laughs> he was, he was playing it great. And then they, they hug, they hold hands, they come out of this dinner. He's got his one-on-one rose and he gets a kiss. And of course the ultimate honor is bestowed upon him. This is the fireworks date. Fireworks start blowing up. Hmm. He's being positioned either for a very deep run or a giant fall by the producers. One of those two things is going to happen. The other guys come out back at the main room. they see the fireworks. Somebody I don't know who says it's not a good sign to see the fireworks. So somebody knows the game. Katie ITM's a rare LL2. That's what I gave this at the end of this thing what? she says, "Am I falling for him? It feels like it. It feels like I'm falling for Whoa. him.
1: What is that? Oh, I gave this love level, loading love level three.
0: Interesting. Falling
1: was used. But you're right. She is being prompted. It feels like I'm falling for him.
0: That was a little I'm bit of sorry, a half I step to me.
1: I think that's three.
0: I, I feel it's two. 2. Maybe 5. it's a 2.5. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: But that's our first even love level two from Katie of the season. Grippo's was able to pull. Yeah. Extraordinary work. Um, Did Trot get fireworks too? It's like the whole thing was planned.
0: I don't remember but if she got the fireworks or not.
1: Then we get to portion number six.
0: The opening shot of this portion is storm clouds on the horizon. And the producers will often do this when they are queuing up a portion that is going to have a fight in it or some kind of big dramatic thing. And of course, that is what we see. Caitlyn and Taisha sneak into the room where all the men are sleeping. They are dressed in denim on denim, crazy cowboy outfits, and they perform a home invasion. This is a style of group date, or this is an element of a group date that the producers do from time to time where they will send in, usually it's the lead, the bachelor or the bachelorette will come in to do it, but because the hosts are no longer... Dark Lord Harrison, which would be creepy as fuck, they send in Tasha and Caitlin <laughs> to bang on pots and pans and wake up everybody in the house. People who are on the group date, people who are not on the group date. Greg Grippo is walking around at, in this moment like, what the fuck <laughs> is going on? He clearly is not on the Wait, group can date. Can you
1: imagine DLH storming in, slamming on pots and pans? Wake up. <laughs> I No,
0: if he was doing it, I think it would be Ting's. I think he would have like a giant champagne flute and a giant knife, oh my God, and just like crazy. boom, boom, boom. The tings would be like a a gong.
1: <laughs> What's going on? The ultimate girl gang—they're pulling it off, though. It seems charming and not uh, an invasion of privacy.
0: <laughs> Tasha, I'll remind you—literally rips off someone's bed sheets as they sleep in the bed. That seemed aggressive to me.
1: What? Yeah, I didn't see that. Go back. That, rewatch. That seems to cross a line. And these guys are pushed out into
0: the fucking New Mexico wilderness in their underwear. This is a fucking home invasion, followed immediately by forced nudity. And then Katie is standing out there yeah. with uh, in her denim outfit as well.
1: I always reverse the genders, and I'm like, would that be okay? No, it would not.
0: This home invasion was my. Wowie of the week. <laughs> Sorry, we don't have sound
2: effects for that yet,
0: but I will make one. <laughs> but the wowie moment is basically like the moment in every game where the producer's manipulation is clearly, plainly visible. And this was that moment for me where they're sending in the host to just traumatize these people. That's how the group date's starting full of anxiety, fear, confusion.
1: Yeah, there, were, there was some competition for this. I would say the the forced PVC was up there. Even
0: just like as we get into this group date, they mentioned that the ambulance is standing by. Just imagine that. It's like, here's your group date. And then you just see there's an ambulance off to the side. That alone would would give you some anxiety, I imagine. Like, what the fuck are we about to do that we might have to have an ambulance? <laughs> And then we find out what they're about to say.
1: By the way, Aaron wins this first race to Katie. Says, I woke up like this. And he ITMs, getting down and dirty is definitely one of my specialties.
0: And indeed, we see that it is. After Caitlin talks about they are all there to win a giant belt buckle, saying the size of a man's buckle matters around here. And we see the belt buckle. It says, Katie's golden cowboy. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I'm like, okay, Katie's Golden uh-huh, Cowboy. Some fucking just go with it. <laughs> some producer made that up, and they were all like, "Yeah, let's have a belt buckle that says Katie's Golden Cowboy." And taisha here tries to deliver some scripted dialogue and fails. I, I felt where she's kind of explaining the rules. It was very stilted performance. And then we see yeah. a banner dropping down. And the contest is going to be called Katie's Big Buckle Brawl. And this harkens back to all of the kind of poorly branded names for these different group date activities all the way back to, you know, season 24 of Bachelor. We had Demi's Extreme Pillow Fight League. It's in that vein.
1: Also a home invasion.
0: That was too, yeah. And then Tasia reveals to them that they're going to be mud wrestling. And this is an exact repeat of a date that we saw on season 13 of Bachelorette, Rachel Lindsay where all the guys on that group date were forced to mud wrestle.
1: They all have uh, cowboy tots of jeans, plaid shirts, and cowboy hats. Hunter tries a little character. There's a new sheriff in town. And we get a very bizarre moment here. The Ultimate Girl Gang all use binoculars to do a peeping Tom of watching all of the guys walk in slow-mo tots.
0: This made absolutely no sense to me. Whoever came up with this, try again. This is it. I just don't understand it. Why do they need the binoculars? No. I get the guys coming at you because they'll sometimes do shots like that, like they did it in um season fifteen Bachelorette yeah. with the guys coming out in their kilts for the uh whatever that was the Scottish games. But it's
1: They've done. The women in the race car outfits. They line them all up, have them walk in slow mo. Yeah, Armageddon it's, um, style.
0: It's the right stuff. Is where that shot was made famous. A movie about astronauts.
1: Are you sure it wasn't Armageddon?
0: Armageddon took it from right (laughs) stuff.
1: I don't know. Time will tell.
0: Time has told. (laughs) What do you mean? (laughs) THT. Time has told.
1: (laughs) Anyway, Anyway... I don't know. I feel like I'm like uh, I'm like Justin. I don't know. I have no memories. Taysha announces the winner is going to get their own special time with Katie. Okay, this is going to be a play for time.
0: But this play for time is going to be subjective because no rules are specified <laughs> for this game at all. So that means the producers no. get to select whoever the fuck they want to give this play for time to that person. We see that Brendan is going to be fighting Hunter first. They take off their shirts. They get on their knees. They're in the slop. Brendan is significantly bigger than Hunter. And then we cut to an old cowboy guy with a white beard standing next to a starting bell. And this old cowboy with the beard was my... Jorge, 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 Jorge Moreno, bystander of the week. This man not only gets in a little bit of dialogue, which we'll get to in a moment, but he inaugurates this group date by getting a double ting on that bell with his little hammer. And this is the closest thing I feel like I'm going to get to a ting this season. So I savored oh the living God, shit starved. out of it.
1: starved. You're starved for tings. You're accepting them from this unnamed bearded man. He definitely has authority. He's ringing that bell. He's declaring the winners. But it is weird they never introduced him.
0: And then in the first match... Brendan basically wins. like He pins Hunter almost immediately. They stop wrestling. And then the cowboy says, uh, keep going. <laughs> and we are now clear as day. We get to see that there are no fucking rules here whatsoever. It's just whatever the cowboy with the beard says. That's what is going to be happening now. That's this game they're playing.
1: I like that Kyle in his ITM issues a will. He says, Andrew plays football. I don't like my chances. Mom, you're the best person I know. Father, you're cool too. Bros, you can't have my stuff.
0: Well, I mean, this is like, we've seen this type of shit in other seasons as well. Boxing matches where one guy is like fucking seven feet tall, 500 pounds of solid rock muscle, and the other guy's like 120 pounds. He's like, I've never fucking even done boxing. and just gets obliterated. They always set up shit like this. And this is where we get the shot of the ambulance. <laughs> People, are just, I mean, if I walked into a group date and there's a fucking ambulance sitting there, I'm just not doing it. Sorry, I'm not. It's crazy to me.
1: Uh, your Jorge Moreno bystander of the week does a little joke with a hint of homophobia, I believe, saying to Josh and John, "Let's go. This isn't your senior prom." Heather McDonald would never. Noted podcaster. And then ultimately, we get
0: finally to Aaron and Cody. And we see the rivalry paid off. They strip down. Aaron says he knows Cody from back home in an ITM and that Cody is 4TWR. And this seems like a real fight. These guys are really going at it, flexing their muscle, trying to get some aggression out here. All the other players notice it Caitlin, Taysha, Katie. They all notice what's going on. And after this fight ends, Taysha comes out and says, The winner was the one that fought with the most heart and conviction. So blatantly saying this is subjective. There were no rules. There's no objective way to determine the winner. This is all bullshit. And Aaron is the one who wins. Of course, the producers have made this selection, And it pushes Cody over the edge in an ITM. He basically says he hopes that Aaron won't use his play for time to tattle on him. And we know that's exactly what's going to fucking happen.
1: At the commercial, they do a, we're casting the next Bachelor show. Sorry to Baylock Eye and his dark promise. It appears there will be a season 26.
0: Oh, there will be a 26.
1: Uh-huh. What is this? What is this vibe?
0: It's just, there's going to be a season 26. I assure you.
1: And this is my wowie <laughs> moment of the podcast. <laughs> Haunting <laughs> clues. <laughs> oh, fuck. Oh my God. Okay. Anyway. Anyway, portion seven begins. <laughs> it is still the day portion of the group date, but it's oh, the one-on-one time for Aaron's group date win play for time he says sorry I'm so gross Katie says I feel bad you're all scratched up he says 100% worth it Katie says you really showed up and owned it and did something happen with you and Cody and she says the, ol- the whole ultimate girl gang noticed it and he's forced to tattle says I do know him from back in San Diego he's Not cool. We're not friends. There's some social media posts, things that rub me the wrong way. I know he really wants to become famous, get on the show for those reasons. The way he handles situations I find disturbing, it's just malicious. This is (laughs) like, how are all of these little sentences connected to each other? I don't understand. His posts are malicious. What is he handling?
0: Calling out anyone by saying they just want to come on the show to be famous is absolutely absurd. Everyone on the show is there to be famous, including Katie Thurston. Yeah, maybe she'll fall in love. Maybe she'll fucking meet a guy or whatever. But the fame is why you're all there. The social media is why you're all literally there. I feel like that has to be removed as a, a 4TWR accusation like that they just want fame that that to me holds no water but here it works and katie itm's fears about people being there for twr this is my real life and i'm here to fall in love if you are here for a hidden agenda that's not going to be a secret for long she says it's like it was never a secret. If he really truly is there just to be famous, the producers knew that the whole time and put him in because of it.
1: Also, secrets can last the whole season. Jed Wyatt. Uh, but Cody says my chances are extremely high to get the group date rose tonight. But he gets a BP, a bachelorette's preference. He's the first one called out at the after party, and this is not a good bachelor's preference like uh Michael Package Deal Man got. This is a bad one. Katie confronts him. Aaron, let me know he knows you from outside the bubble. Described you using words such as malicious, unkind, and that's concerning to me. Because being kind is one of the most important things I look for in a person. And Cody says, I'm not that way at all. That's just not factual information. Aaron tells the guys, I've known him a while. Values like integrity, things you don't want. A person who lacks certain things to be on the show to begin with. Canadian Brendan backs him up. Aaron's protecting Katie. Aaron, I'm protecting all of you and Katie. Back on the one-on-one time with Cody. Katie says, he said you're here for fame. Cody says, I wish I knew so I could clarify. We were never really friends. And Katie says, it's concerning that you don't know each other. And he would go out of his way to say something untrue. So one of you are lying to me. Cody says it might be exaggerating, and Cody is completely stone-faced here. Cody's lack of face play during this accusation was my... Error, 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 error of the game. It's his
0: lack of face play? That's the error?
1: Yeah. (laughs) Okay. It's concerning. It comes up very to <laughs> yeah. Wr. I agree. I mean, he could look. He could have called Aaron over for a two-on-one at this point. Clarify anything. Offer up a reverse tattle on Aaron. He just plays dumb, and the stone face is like. I mean, she refers to it later as being like it seemed yeah. like he was bullshitting me.
0: This was also my error, 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 error error of the game. Not the lack of face play, but his complete mishandling of a 4TWR attack. He mentions one line through the whole course of this conversation where he says, I assure you, I'm here for the right reasons. You can't just say that. The right reasons are katie thurston you have to say i'm here for you you have to say i don't know what the mm-hmm. fuck he's saying i came here for one reason and it's to see if we have a connection and you've been through this you know how rumors get started about people one happened on your season that threatened to destroy somebody's life that was completely false that is now happening mm-hmm. to me it's not me you that should be worried about great response <laughs> of course there's a million ways to defend a 40 wr <laughs> attack Especially on a forced tattle like this. It's complete bullshit. His lack of understanding about how to handle this was a gigantic error. And I can't, I was just watching it like, dude, you're not even going to say anything. You're just going to stand there. And then, of course, she fucking walks him out. And that's that. Sayonara, Cody. You came in with your blow-up doll. You had some a chance to make that last a little while longer. But you fell victim to what I thought was one of the weakest 4TWR attacks I've ever seen. He had some social media posts and he's just kind of malicious. Huh? That's what you fucking <laughs> go down to?
1: Yeah, they have a small little... I mean, Cody pulls Aaron and then says, you're making me look bad. Aaron says, it's my responsibility to bring it up. And Cody says, how would anyone know we knew each other if you kept your mouth shut? Kind of reminded me a little bit of... um. Victoria P and Alaya Benavides, season twenty-four, where they had known each other and like decided to keep it quiet until someone caved. Um And then Katie refers to his lack of face play here. He didn't seem genuine. He didn't have a facial expression of surprise. He looked rehearsed. I would be devastated if that if that accusation was a lie. And she's ITM's The fact that someone could be here for TWR is so scary produces tears again.
0: And meanwhile, this is what I'm talking about when I say she's doing these bachelorette things at a level we've never seen.
1: She doesn't care.
0: She doesn't give a fuck about 90% of these guys. There's one or two that she kind of likes. The rest of them are just like, line them up for the producers. Kick them off in whatever order you want. Weave your little stories. She doesn't give a shit about this. But she is able to turn that shit on at will. And this is exactly what a bachelorette has to be doing right here. You're questioning the sanctity of the process. It's like you believe in the process, but do they? Do the other players? Mm -hmm. Because one bad apple can spoil the bunch. She's seen it happen. Uh, She is just brilliant at conveying exactly what needs to be conveyed at every step of the way during her journey here.
1: She's creating her own cliffhangers. And she eliminates Cody. Unfortunately, I don't feel we have trust. No point to drag it on longer. Appreciate your time. You have to respect my time as well. And he says, I hope you find what you're looking for.
0: And then we get a few of the turtles, ITMing frustration that Cody and Aaron's drama have kind of taken control of the night. And portion eight begins with a shot of the moon. We're back at the after parties. The guys discuss how wild it was that Cody went home. Aaron says he can't remember when he last spoke about another guy, but if it's necessary, he's going to do it. And he's empowered here because he issued a single tattle and it fucking blew the target of the tattle out of the water instantaneously. Didn't even have to wait for a Mm -hmm. fucking rose ceremony. It was just Mm -hmm. like, uh, he had a dumb Instagram post and he's kind of a dick. Bye. That's all it took. He's got to be feeling like he has a superpower and he can target anybody he fucking wants to right now.
1: Someone else who might have superpowers is Andrew S., says, I was pissed, frankly, with the whole Cody Aaron incident. I just want to spend that quality time with her. And he performs what is sort of like a group date knock-knock. Katie has said, I need time to myself. She's going to go cry by the fire. Andrew brings her a drink. Hello, love. Wanted to be the first to come check on you. Would you like to come talk inside? And he tells her, I want to reiterate my purpose of being here. I'm definitely here for you. I want to comfort you. Put your mind at ease. Katie says, I'm glad I addressed it early on. Takes me a minute to be- get back into it. The scariest thing is learning someone is WR. Truly, at the bottom of my heart, I believe in this process.
0: And he says he does too. This is a dual praising of the process.
1: This whole conversation is a joint play by both Andrew S., and Katie Thurston. Andrew says, I was raised by a strong woman. We struggled a lot. My mother did everything with a smile and you didn't recognize you were struggling because she didn't make it seem that way. I had the worst sneakers, wore the same jeans throughout the week. And this PTC about how Andrew S. was poor growing up was my... Play, 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 play of the game. It had everything. It had details with struggles with clothing. They, talk, they bonded over getting the free lunches. And then he coaxes out of our crown another PTC we didn't even know that she had, which makes them both so endearing. She then says that she was poor growing up, that they had a one bedroom between the three of us. And during Christmas, my dad built a fireplace out of construction paper and convinced us that Santa can convert it into a real chimney to get presents. And Andrew says, I know the kind of woman you are right now, that your dad's got to be one proud man because you are exceptional. I had no idea that about you. You got to stop looking at me like that, which is a uh, perfect kiss leading line. I'm a sucker for a good kiss, kiss leading line. And Katie says, Maybe I'm looking at you like that on purpose. And Andrew says, Yeah, oof. And they make out his charisma game, it's off the charts. I know he was coached by his cousin Clay, but it's all, it's working.
0: Yeah, I agree. This was um, a very close second for my play of the game as well. This was like, he doesn't get a one-on-one date this week. He just made one. He just fucking created one out of nothing Mm -hmm. out of this moment where Katie is off crying. It seems the night is fucking ruined by Cody. And he says, this is not a bad thing. This is an opportunity. Watch me go in and get this kiss, play my PTC and get this fucking group date rose, which is exactly what happens. After that moment, We see a couple other one-on-one times with Kyle, with John. Uh, Josh gets a moment, and he has a PTC about weight issues, and taking off his shirt in front of her was something he didn't know if he could do. We see Hunter. He cringles her with this note that he wrote and says he's giddy about their future. She thanks him for writing it, gives him a hug, no kiss. And when she comes back for the GDR presentation, that's the group date rose, uh, Aaron gets a mention, Andrew gets a mention, Hunter gets a mention, and then... Andrew S. is given that group date number two, Rose, a big zero pointer, and Hunter ITMs that it feels like a punch in the gut. It sucks. He's making this personal. He doesn't quite realize the producers decided that Rose. It had nothing to do with Katie. It's not a punch in the gut to anyone. It's just the producers rewarding good play.
1: At least Hunter got a mention in that nomination ceremony. Josh played a PTC, didn't even get top three.
0: I know his PTC got buried. I felt very bad for him because I also feel like that's a good PTC. And he was trying to use it. He just didn't know that he was up against (laughs) Andrew S. Those are the most difficult PTCs to know when to play are like, if you're on a group date, you don't know what the other players are doing in their one-on-one time. And if you're going to use your PTC, it better be a fucking good one to make sure you can cancel out any others. And here it just wasn't. It just didn't hold up under Andrew S.'s PTC.
1: No, it was a mirror PTC. Andrew deservedly gets that group date rose. And he does another four TRR ITM. I'm really swept off my feet right now. And he loads Love Level 1. It confirms what I was feeling and means she's feeling the same thing. He says to the guys, I could moonwalk right now. His colorful narration is now taking on an emotional tone. Put this man in my final four. Sorry to Andrew Milkovich and David Scott. (laughs) They are not thriving. I mean, neither is Courtney, to be honest. But
0: Yeah, he's having some trouble, too.
1: We open portion nine on 1,000 small blackbirds in a tree strutting their stuff, (laughs) representing Katie's 40WR turmoil. And these thousand birds were my (laughs) creature of the week. They had an emotional tone about them.
0: Mm. What was it?
1: (laughs) It was ominous. It was like, is she going to figure out which of these birds are for TWR? Or is she not? I don't know.
0: All right. That's fair. After the birds, the ominous birds, we see Katie getting ready for the cocktail party that night, and we see the guys marching in a pack to the cocktail party room. Michael ITM's fear. He had no date. Curse of the turtle. Carl is happy. Cody is gone. Makes his chances better. Always thinking about the game. Katie enters the cocktail party. Trey is the first responder, handing her a drink. And Katie tells them all that she had to send Cody home because she learned he was 40 WR. She appreciates the honesty And says, please know that I am a safe space and need to know what's going on in the house. She welcomes tattling here. She's basically telling all the players, come to me, tattle away. And I also Mm -hmm. think how she handled Cody, by the way, is like, yes, he played it terribly. But it was also a testament to how good she is as a lead. That she will excise these things that could take away from her moment. That could become these big dramatic things that make the show not about her anymore. She's like, oh, this is a fucking mm. rivalry bring. Get rid of that motherfucker. Camera's back on me. Thank you very much. She made that entire thing about her when it was actually about Aaron and Cody.
1: Package deal Michael gets the bachelorette's preference here. Kay says, I'd like to steal you first to make up for lost time.
0: That's a great fucking move too by Elite. Like she knows he's the one who mm-hmm. didn't have the date and she's not going to let him fucking twist around and have to get a steal and all this kind of shit. She's like, come on, dude, I'll talk to you. It's fucking fantastic.
1: He kisses her neck and hand. She says, "Sorry, I didn't get you. Didn't get a date. I didn't need extra validation, Michael. That's what I was hoping. I was trying to be optimistic, so strong. She just like put me through. But I felt confident. And then, is he saying I get rejected a lot here?
0: Yes, he's he's doing everything wrong. The kiss on the cheek was awkward. Yeah. The kiss on the hand was awkward. The hand kissing. He was then asks awkward. if he can kiss her. She's like, "Okay." clearly she is not into this guy like fucking clearly but she is a bachelorette and she is going to do what is required here she kisses with this guy this is how you get a million followers (gasps) then carl Rears his head once again. We're back with the other guys, and he starts <laughs> sowing these weird seeds of doubt about other guys also being here for TWR. It's not just Cody. Uh, could be other people. And John is immediately like, dude, don't waste your time thinking about that. But rightly so. This is exactly what you should be doing. Guy, john Carl is just starting a fire for no fucking reason.
1: Carl, what if it's three or five more people who are for TWR? He's literally making shit up. It could be three, could be five.
0: What if we're all here for the wrong reasons? Ever think about that?
1: (laughs) Or is it D, all of the above? He says, the games are done and I don't want drama at the end of the day. I said, what? Case Mitty lives for drama. He's just creating drama left and right and he says I don't think more I hear for TWR but you never know Thomas gets some one on one time he's R.I.P. Rose in pocket gives a how you doing and Katie says I'm already trying to picture what life with you outside of this looks like feels good can't put into words she doesn't care to describe it she's not love level wanting him but she's still giving him some validation
0: and he kisses her hand and her cheek no lips gets a hug And then she ITMs the magic words, I don't know how tonight could be ruined. And we see this time and time again. The producers will pull either the lead or a player into an ITM. They will force them to say a phrase that is, tonight's going so perfect. I don't know how it could go wrong. Nothing could ruin this night. I've never felt better. Something like that. They will have them utter this phrase so that they can use it to cut directly to the thing that is in fact going to ruin the night. And from here, from this phrase, we cut to one-on-one time with Carl.
1: <laughs> that's the thing that's going to ruin the night. You think you're happy and floating, but Kay <laughs> Smitty is here. Oh, shit. He says, I'm actually here for you. I don't know if you have doubts, if you do have doubts, but I don't know if everyone is being 100% transparent. Katie okay, says, in the house. Carl says, I don't know specifics. Without having details... I know there are some people who don't have the best intentions. This was a general tattle by Carl.
0: General? It was fucking vague. It was almost not even a tattle. It was just like hearsay, conjecture, strangeness. I don't know if you noticed this because of your relationship with sound, but they had a weird music Uh cue under it too that was like this ominous like deep strings or something like as he's saying all this fucking crazy shit. Katie basically says, give me an example. Who the fuck are you talking about? What's going on? He's like, I don't want to say yeah. names. Just stay vigilant.
1: <laughs> what? Just stay vigilant. <laughs> like, as if he doesn't think she's being vigilant. Like.
0: No, and it's it's clear he's lying here. But Katie takes this opportunity. She knows he's fucking lying. She knows this is just him playing a bad game. Nonetheless, she starts to act rattled by it. She doesn't know what's true and what's a lie. She's pacing, rubbing her hands by the fire, and she ITMs. She doesn't know who's really there for her anymore. She takes this opportunity to go right into a bachelorette move. It is fucking beautiful. Off of nothing. Carl is saying nothing. He's floundering fucking spitting whatever comes out of his mouth whatever's the top of his head. i don't know some, some people for twr probably a bunch of them i don't know who but you know just look out for it and you know, it's, it's probably happening i don't know
1: uh, <laughs> katie produces tears here portion 10 begins she's i'm honestly shaking right now she says no names are examples it also makes me question carl is he stirring the pot
0: no he's not He's kind of like in the same room with the pot, but he ain't stirring it. He's not doing anything. It, it's just
1: He's trying to throw things at the pot. Some of them God. are going in, some of them are missing. He's spilling the pot all over himself.
0: <laughs> and then she comes into the main room on this mission. And this is the 4TWR or 4 rr ultimatum that leads have to give a lot of the time, especially bachelorettes. A good 4TRR ultimatum should include a few elements. You should have tears so that it seems sincere. You should have rage so that everybody knows you're for real. You should have victimization so people don't want this to happen to you again. And ultimately, you should have a clear expression of dominance and control over the game itself. She does each of these things in that order. She opens with tears, literally crying as she comes in. Says, I made my intentions very clear about why I'm here, and a bomb was dropped on me. Victimization about multiple people still here for the wrong reasons, but she says, for the wrong fucking reasons. This is the rage. And I don't know how clear I can be about my intentions and my time, but if you're not here for me, if you're not here for an engagement, then get the fuck out. There's more of that rage. I don't know who is here for the wrong reasons, but from what I've been told, there are multiple people I should still be looking out for. For some of you, this might be a platform, but I'm not here to waste my time. Does anyone want to say anything? No. And she's in control of this entire situation now. She has silenced them. This was as brilliant as it fucking gets for the 4TR ultimatum. I have never seen one quite like it that is so perfectly placed. It's tears. This is real. It's fucking victimization. Somebody fucked me up, dropped a bomb on me. So get out of the fucking door. There's my rage. And now you got anything to say about it? No, I control this now. It, it was fucking beautiful. God damn it.
1: It's, it's a similar rage level of Claire's. That's why I didn't, it's because I didn't settle for men like that. Yes. But she's doing it in front of everyone, which Claire didn't do. Uh, She does a bachelorette An aggressive bachelorette's preference here Says Aaron wanna go talk I'm sure he fucking shit his pants She brings her number one tattler To interrogate him Between the two ladders of truth Back at the guy chat The guys are wondering Who's the source Who did the general tattle Trying to smoke Carl. out the rat <laughs> <laughs> And Carl, fucking error pod bubbling her. Let me go oh. ahead and say I spoke to her. She wanted to know who else do you feel is for TWR? He throws Katie under the fucking bus here. This is just so fucking Because he dumb. offered it up.
0: You, you literally never do this. You literally never do this. When you have mm-hmm. done something, you have told the lead something. Usually it's a tattle and it has ruined the night. It has derailed a cocktail party, an after party, whatever. They're going to try to figure it out. The other players are going to be like, what the fuck happened? Who told her what? You never say it was me. There's absolutely no benefit in it ever. Literally ever. And he does it almost immediately. Raises his hand even. Oh, well, it was me, guys. Jesus fucking Christ, Carl. (laughs) (laughs) And And then he keeps like digging the whole deeper... He's like, well, you know, the person knows who I'm talking about. The person knows who it is. They should just come clean. And everybody's like, who the fuck are you talking about? He just keeps drumming up this weird person that doesn't clearly doesn't exist.
1: I heard some stuff circulating. I'll approach people directly. Not the place to throw this out. They're like, you already have. He he says, I want to give that person the time to come forward and fess up. He says, some people are not being authentic. I didn't mention Aaron. The person should come out. The person knows. And Aaron, after not being able to give anything to Katie, joins the guy chat, says, Katie spoke to someone who said multiple people. And someone yells, the culprit is right here. It's Carl.
0: (laughs) 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 I love when he comes back. All the other players are like, yeah, Carl, fuck this up, dude. It was him. It's so fucking hilarious to me. And Aaron says it was the dumbest thing you could have possibly done. This is 100% correct. Carl has done the dumbest thing he possibly could have done in this weird generalized tattle to no target for no reason. Carl is floundering, and the guys basically hate him now. He's ruined a second audience game that can never be repaired. Katie is in tears. Aaron ITMs that Carl spat in all of their faces, and it's absolutely ridiculous. Carl's now being ostracized. Trey ITMs. What a weak, spineless man you are for manipulating her (laughs) into crying. And we get, of course, no rose ceremony per the producer's shitty presentation of the game. We're now used to it after many years of these absolutely inane cliffhangers. Like, what what am I going to gain from waiting to see this rose ceremony until next week? Who's going to get sent home? Just show me. Just show me that now. Like I've had to sit <laughs> yeah, through this. Yeah, they're
1: gonna have to like, they're gonna have to tee up that whole story again. So we're probably gonna watch the Carl thing again for probably a few minutes.
0: Of course, he's gonna be marching around that room. All the guys are gonna be <sighs> shitting on him, and then we'll see. Hopefully, we'll get a ting. I'm still hopeful that Taisha and Caitlin are gonna be given oh, the the power so to ting. So
1: we'll see. You clues. It's like, you only ask for so much. <laughs> I'll
0: get my teens eventually. But that was it for this week's big game. And then we get a preview of what's coming up next week. And Thomas seems to be a psychopath. That's what we're told. He's going to say that he's thought about being the bachelor, which is not uh, anything you ever want to admit. That's a big 4TWR. And there's a lot more tears. Carl does an impression of the PP mic drop in this preview literally it's like frame for frame the same shot
1: i said carl copies popeye and obama
0: (laughs) (laughs) and then in the tag we get connor and katie uh drawing sketches of each other and katie tells us a story about how she's afraid of needles and punched a nurse during her covid test and that is it for this first week of the regular season who was your mvp pace case
1: from all the way across the pond, Andrew S. was my M M M M V P For his colorful narration, he has continued into this episode, which he imbued with an emotional resonance this episode as well as some like lighthearted moments. There was a group date card, and it's he's not on it. And he says, I hope you guys all have a terrible time. Very cute. It, his mud wrestling victory, his group date knock-knock, growing up poor PTC, his oof kiss lead-in line, and ultimately his group date rose.
0: Look, he played a fantastic game. I don't disagree, but for me... There was a player whose dominance was unrivaled and unquestionable. Greg Grippo was my... M-M-M-M-M-V-P. M-M-M-M-M-V-P. This dude has two zero-pointers in a row. He's got a 0 Rose quotient right now. If he can continue this. Oh, and
1: Grippo is actually a zero.
0: Oh, I didn't know that. If he can continue (laughs) this,
1: like right now, he's on track for a
0: a perfect rose quotient. I don't think it's going to hold up, but right now, he's got it. That PTC he played, the shy style, he's a shy style master. We've never quite seen anything like this. The fireworks date, the producers obviously like him. He's got strong games going for everybody except the fourth audience and i'm curious about how that's going to play out as we see more things come to light about the acting classes he's taken and
1: what do you mean his fourth audience he had a night one instagram gain larger than fucking dale moss yeah
0: i'm i'm not discounting the
1: nation that loves grego
0: the nation has its eyes focused on grego and they are digging up shit I mean, ask Rachel Kirkconnell about fourth audience attention. She had more Instagram followers than anybody from the regular season on season 25, and that didn't turn out so well for her. There's like, there's good Mm. fourth audience attention, and there's bad fourth audience attention. Mm. It all looks like attention coming out. But yeah, there's there's some allegations being thrown around that he's just there for fame, and here's some pictures of him at an acting class, and that's what he really wants to do Mm -hmm. is be an actor, and all this kind of shit. And I don't like obviously begrudge anybody for wanting to be famous or an actor or any of that kind of crap. But I think a 4TWR allegation backed up by some fourth audience evidence might be coming down the pipe for Grippo.
1: Interesting. I will be interested to see that turn. Yeah, I mean, he was a close second for my MVP. His love level one, the day portion two, his parallel PTC, the walls, the tier play, ultimately extracting the first loaded Love level three or love level 2.5 from Katie Thurston. <laughs> yeah. It's very oh, well folks. done. But I feel like it was kind of a layup. Like I I knew there was no question whether he was going to get a rose.
0: No, I know there was no question, but the manner in which yeah. he did it was so fucking dominant. I was just like, and he's got two zero pointers. Like the guy is, he's so far ahead of the pack at this point. It's its like another mm. game he's playing. But yeah. uh That was it. Another week in the record books for the historic Bachelorette season 17. We hope you guys have enjoyed our coverage of the big game. And we'll be back in 48 short hours to deliver this week in Bachelor Nation, where we're going to be going through all of the biggest news in Bachelor Nation, the gains from some of our players from this season, the ratings of the episode that we just watched. We're going to be delivering screams from the pit. We're going to be talking about all the parasocial plays that our players are making on Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, etc. And one of those plays is definitely going to be a little YouTube video starring two brand new human beings.
1: And I can happily say the Lion Dyke twins have joined the 300K club during the recording of this episode. What are they at now? 300K.
0: Even? Fuck. I'm so excited to see what happens with them. But thanks again, everybody, for joining us. And before we go, as always, what is the dwab at?
1: It has been 7,023 days without an Asian bachelor. Praise be our beloved game.
0: Please rate this podcast. Please review this podcast.
1: If you are a wine lover like myself, and you got to have it for your bachelor reviewing parties, I'm going to let you in on a little secret. I found the personalized, the most personalized wine club that has amazing wines and exclusive perks called First Leaf. As a First Leaf member, you get to try new wines, and I'm guaranteed to enjoy them because they got to know my unique preferences. I answered a few questions on their website, this quiz about the flavors you like, how often you drink wine, Monday nights, if you prefer red, white, or rosé. And based on these, it gives you this amazing selection of wines tailored just for you. And when you rate those wines, it gets even more tailored, a la, you know, uh, Netflix. Just play into the algorithm. My algorithm got me both rosé and white wine, my Mm. favorites, and they were so delicious, and I've gotten to enjoy them with many of my my friends.
0: Look, being part of the First Leaf Wine Club also has perks. As a member, you get access to their incredibly helpful wine concierge, so if you want wine pairing advice or you want to talk about the wines in your box, you can always talk to one of their experts. Plus, you get member-exclusive pricing-
1: What's in the box?
0: On every order. Join- the club today, and discover new wines you'll love with First Leaf. Go to tryfirstleaf.com slash roses to get your first box. That's T-R-Y-F-I-R-S-T-L-E-A-F dot com slash roses. Tryfirstleaf.com slash roses. Creams and serums are made of 70% water, 15% preservatives and emulsifiers, leaving only around 15% for the active ingredients that your skin needs. But luckily now, there's fiber skincare.
1: 15 years ago, the scientists behind fiber skincare started working on nanofibers, which are 500 times smaller than human hair. You know, I I saw that in um And I need an easy install and this only takes about two minutes to set up the frame using the Aura app. Aura frames are Wi-Fi connected, come with unlimited storage so you can share as many photos as you want from your phone to your mom's frame.